RT8K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Kenny Hodgart. The headlines this lunchtime. Chief Executive John Lee says face masks are here to stay and that the government has no plans to scrap the Amber Code system or the three-day medical surveillance period for inbound travellers. Secretary for Justice Paul Lamb says President Xi Jinping's recent assurance that one country, two systems will be a long-term policy means that Hong Kong's common law system will be maintained in the long run. And candidates and leading political figures in the United States have been making their final pitches ahead of today's midterm elections, with control of both houses of Congress at stake. Chief Executive John Lee has declared that Hong Kong in the past two weeks has been full of energy and vibrancy after the SAR hosted the Global Financial Leaders Investment Summit and the Rugby Sevens. He added that the government had no plans to scrap the Amber Code system or the three-day medical surveillance period for inbound travellers. Speaking to reporters at a press briefing ahead of his weekly Executive Council conference, he also said face masks were here to stay because, he claimed, all experts indicated they were important in controlling the spread of disease. We have to be conscious of some of the uncertainties of covid First of all, we know every now and then there will be variants and we also know that with winter coming, the attack of the flu will add to the risk of COVID. And from our experience, from wave four to wave five, we know that the safety factor that we put in in the first four waves cannot cope with the speedy spread of Omicron in wave five. So this safety factor is something that I must consider. The CE also commented that press freedom is in the pocket of the people of Hong Kong and fully protected, provided that the press operates within the law. The High Court yesterday rejected an appeal by former RTHK freelance producer Bao Choi against her conviction for making false statements when accessing a government vehicle registration database. Mr Lee was asked if the, the government planned on reviewing the procedures for checking official information. Press freedom is, as I have mentioned many times, in the pocket of the people of Hong Kong. It is enshrined and protected in the basic law. Uh, what is important is, no matter what profession you are in, you must go about your duties in accordance with the law. You cannot go beyond the law, and nobody is above the law. And provided it is within the confines of the law, press freedom is fully protected in Hong Kong. The head of the Foreign Affairs Ministry's office in Hong Kong, Liu Guangyuan, says Hong Kong achieved great development over the past decade with the support of the motherland and the implementation of one country, two systems. Speaking at a Legal Week event, he reflected that as Hong Kong went through a period of turbulent development during the social unrest of 2019, the central government exercised overall jurisdiction in Hong Kong, put into effect a national security law in the SAR and implemented the policy of patriots administering Hong Kong. Mr Liu added that Hong Kong had begun a new chapter of good governance. Today, Hong Kong is reborn with vigour and vitality. And as the leadership of the new SAR government, Hong Kong is speeding up its integration into national development, aligning itself with national strategies and expanding 
external cooperation. More emphasis has been placed on economic development, people's livelihood, and social stability. A new chapter of good governance has opened. The Secretary for Justice, Paul Lam, says President Xi Jinping's recent assurance that one country, two systems will be a long-term policy means that Hong Kong's common law system will be maintained in the long run. Speaking at the Legal Week Forum, Mr Lam said that although Hong Kong was the only common law jurisdiction in China, it had managed to develop arrangements of mutual legal cooperation with the mainland. He noted that the SAR and mainland authorities had recently formulated arrangements for the reciprocal recognition and enforcement of judgments. They would better protect parties' interests and enhance certainty and predictability of cross-bordery enforceability of the relevant applicable judgments. It would in turn improve the environment for cross-bordery trade and investment and enhance our competitiveness as a regional legal and dispute resolution service center. The advisory panel on COVID-19 vaccines is recommending that a BioNTech vaccine that is effective against the Omicron BA.45 strain of the virus be approved for use as a booster in Hong Kong. The government said it welcomes the submission and will come to a decision as soon as possible. The panel also suggested adding conditions to require the drug maker to continue providing the latest clinical data, safety update reports and quality certification documents for each batch of vaccines. A tourism sector representative says the easing of amber code restrictions on tour groups is a good starting point, but that more rules should be relaxed to attract tourists. Her comments came after the government said it would allow inbound tour groups to visit attractions such as theme parks and museums as soon as they arrive in the city. Speaking on RTHK, the chairwoman of the Travel Industry Council, Gianna Xu, said she expected more tourists from Southeast Asia under the relaxation. She added that the easing sends a message that Hong Kong is returning to normalcy. We don't expect that the easing of amber code restrictions for tour groups will immediately attract many inbound tourists, especially during the beginning. After all, we still have some COVID restrictions in place. But as a start, I believe the government is ultimately aiming at a zero plus zero policy, but we have no idea when it will happen. That's why we suggested the government to ease amber code restrictions to send a message to the world that Hong Kong is returning to normalcy. Moving forward, she said she hopes the government will reduce the amount of PCR tests tourists have to do. Overseas, supporters of Pakistan's former Prime Minister Imran Khan have held rallies in several places in protest at the gun attack on their leader last week. Two motorways leading to the capital Islamabad were briefly, uh, briefly blocked. The authorities in the city of Rawalpindi have ordered all education institutions to shut until Wednesday because of the protests. Candidates and leading political figures in the US are making their final pitches ahead of Tuesday's midterm elections with control of both houses of con Congress at stake. A rally at a rally in the state of Maryland, President Joe Biden said the elections were Americans' moment to defend democracy. Folks, you got one day until one of the most important elections. You've heard this time and again, I almost feel guilty repeating it. Our lifetimes are going to be shaped by what happens the next year to three years. It's going to shape what the next couple of decades look like, for real. 
This election is not a referendum. It's a choice. It's a choice between two very different visions of America. His predecessor, Donald Trump, spoke at a rally for Republicans at Dayton in the state of Ohio. At the COP27 summit in Egypt, developing countries have urged richer nations to provide financial support to combat the effect of climate change. Small island countries such as Barbados have called for a mechanism for immediate funding following climate-related disasters. The French president, Emmanuel Macron, said solutions were needed fast. Au printemps prochain, pas dans un an, deux ans. Next spring, not in another year or two years, the IMF, the World Bank and the OECD must come up with concrete solutions for innovative financing solutions and help us provide access to new funds to have a new start for countries affected by climate shocks. After years of warnings about the future impact of climate change, this is the first COP summit to discuss current loss and damage. Ukraine has invoked martial law to take full control of the assets of five strategically important enterprises. They include two energy companies and firms that make engines, vehicles and transformers. President Zelensky said the move would help meet the urgent needs of Ukraine's defence sector and support the army. The move comes as Russian forces have been targeting Ukrainian energy infrastructure, with around 40% of the country's grid damaged. The Roman Catholic Church in France says 11 current or former bishops are being investigated over allegations relating to sexual abuse. Among them is Cardinal Jean-Pierre Ricard, a former Archbishop of Bordeaux who has admitted what he called reprehensible actions against a 14-year-old girl 35 years ago. His written confession was made public at an annual conference of bishops in Lourdes. Monsignor Eric de Moulin-Beaufort is its current head. This admission by Cardinal Ricard was received yesterday by the bishops as a shock. You can imagine the esteem in which he is held by us who elected him twice as our president. Not all of those under investigation are directly accused of sexual abuse. Some are accused of failing to denounce abuse by others. The British government has scrapped a plan to create a successor to the Royal Yacht Britannia. The 280 million US dollar scheme was initiated during Boris Johnson's term as Prime Minister. This report from the BBC's David Cornock. The proposed national flagship was to have been used to host trade fairs and diplomatic talks. Championed by Boris Johnson, ministers had hoped the vessel would have been in the water by 2024 or 2025. But less than 18 months after he launched a competition to design and build the flagship, Ben Wallace said Russia's invasion of Ukraine meant the government would order a surveillance ship instead. Downing Street said it was right to prioritise spending when finances were tight. To sport and Liverpool have been drawn to face Real Madrid in the Champions League last 16. It's the fourth meeting in six seasons between the two heavyweights in Europe's elite club competition. The BBC's John Murray has more on the draw. 
Only finishing as group runners-up has cost Liverpool, who will face the record 14 times champions Real Madrid, the team that beat them in last season's final in France and the Kiev final of 2018. Carlo Ancelotti's side are the Spanish champions and will be at home in the second leg. The other three English clubs were group winners and so will be at home in their second legs. It's German opposition for Manchester City and Chelsea. City will take on RB Leipzig and Chelsea Borussia Dortmund, while Tottenham have drawn the Italian champions Milan. There is another blockbuster tie in Paris Saint-Germain versus Bayern Munich. Liverpool's owners have confirmed they've received interest from potential buyers. Fenway Sports Group said they're considering new shareholders. More from the BBC's Mike McCarthy. Yeah, well, this started with a story from The Athletic. They reported Liverpool have been put up for sale by Fenway Sports Group. That's the group which have owned the Reds since 2010. During their time in charge, there's been a first Premier League title in 30 years. The club have won the Champions League. And there's been significant investment redeveloping Anfield and building a new training ground. But there is a sense Liverpool need greater investment to continue to compete with the best in the Premier League and Europe. Fenway Sports Group put out a statement following the story to say this. FSG has frequently received expressions of interest from third parties seeking to become shareholders in Liverpool. FSG has said before that under the right terms and conditions we would consider new shareholders if it was in the best interests of Liverpool as a club. Manchester United have drawn Barcelona in the Europa League playoff round. This stage of the competition features eight runners-up from the Europa League groups, which includes United playing against the eight teams who finished third in their Champions League groups. Jose Mourinho's Roma will play Salzburg and the French side Nantes are up against Juventus. Southampton have sacked manager Ralph Hasenhoetl following Sunday's 4-1 home defeat to Newcastle. He leaves the Saints third from bottom with just one win from their last nine games. The former Southampton defender Joe Tessim says the club must be clear if their aim is developing young players or Premier League survival. You need to go and find someone who is willing to do what Ralph has done. But if you're not willing to go down that route and change it, then you might have to look somewhere else. And, and if you did get uh, a different manager that isn't a board on this, he would say, no, I need experienced players. I need someone who can keep us in the Premier League. And a look at the weather, mainly cloudy with a few showers and some brighter periods. The maximum temperature will be around 24 degrees today. Moderate to fresh east to northeasterly winds, occasionally strong offshore. The outlook, warmer during the day with the weather improving gradually over the next few days. The current temperature is 23 degrees with relative humidity of 77%. And a look at the top stories once again. Chief Executive John Lee says face masks are here to stay and that the government has no plans to scrap the Amber Code system or the three-day medical surveillance period for inbound travellers. Secretary for Justice Paul Lamb says President Xi Jinping's recent assurance that one country, two systems will be a long-term policy means that Hong Kong's common law system will be maintained in the long run and candidates in the United States have been making their final pitches ahead of today's midterm elections. The news from RTHK. On your radio and live online, this is The Brew Till Two. Trouble, blood is in the rocky waters. Out of way your sons and daughters eat you alive. Levels, better put your head on swivels. Dancing with the very devil, butter tonight. You think you're better than 
Dragons on Radio 3 and Sharks for a Tuesday afternoon. You are listening to The Brew. In just a little while from now, going to whiz over to New Zealand and catch up with our mate, Dr. Merrin Pierce. Now, today, he is going to be talking about butterflies with Emily Jones, who's a researcher at Hong Kong U. Danaid Butterfly Research Project is what it's all about. Perfect example, perfect excuse rather, to get onto Facebook Live and see some lovely photographs. The Brewers Ad page will be on in about ten. Days and nights alone, two years and still you're not gone. Guess I'm still holding on. Drag money through the dirt, somehow it doesn't hurt though. Guess you're still holding on. You told your friends you want me dead and said that I did everything wrong And you're not wrong Well, I'll take all the vitriol but not the thought of you moving on 